Welcome to the Ausländer. Welcome to a new episode of uh, The Ausländer, um, this podcast that is for the people who is living abroad or has lived abroad for a certain time. Um, today, I'm really happy to have here Oral with me. Uh, welcome. Hi. <laughs> um, Oral, it's originally from Turkey, uh, Sinop. Uh, yes. As as I, yes, yes. And... Currently also living in Athens, yes. uh, Greece. This is why we met. But um, eventually you've traveled quite a lot. You've lived in quite a lot of places. Yeah. So we will go through all of them. But I, I have the list here because it's a, it's a list. Like you <laughs> lived in, um, of course, Turkey, uh, yeah. where you were born, Kazakhstan, uh, USA, Switzerland, Greece, and Turkey. Yeah, in Turkey, which was you were yeah, born, yeah. you went back to Turkey at some point, or you just yes, actually, <clears throat> I I was born in Turkey, as you said, in uh, Sinop. It's on the Black Sea coast. And when I was eight, my family decided to move to Kazakhstan. Actually, my father was there a year before us. Mm-hmm. We switched some cities in Kazakhstan, and basically, I was there until my Uh, university time so yeah i mean i think we can go deeply into it like yeah <laughs> uh, kazakhstan it's not the typical and it's maybe the first definitely the first person who does this podcast and probably the one of the most uh exotic ones let's say like this not a lot of people lived in kazakhstan so yes i mean when i moved there it was 96 so mm-hmm. Uh, you know, USSR collapsed in 91. Mm. So when we moved there, I was also young. I was eight years old and uh, I was with my brother. And it was like a totally different world. It was my first flight abroad, like not even mentioning Turkey. So every the whole stage, like I remember from like day one, like the whole journey, how it was, it was so so exciting for me so you literally grabbed your first flight in your life was with eight years old to move to a new country 100%? exactly oh wow that's that's quite a, okay that's a move like um why why did you went out of turkey that's it's um my father is a is a typical like a, a donor master you can say mm-hmm. like he's he's preparing a food that is popular all around the world. Um, But he was a bit struggling during his time in Turkey. And, you know, they were young when they got married. Um, He got an offer. He was, like, on on his own guy, like, laid back, but, like, tried to work really hard. And the circumstances were not so good. Mm. Um, And my mother's family is living in Germany and they were really trying to help I think at this at some point they give their house to us for free not to pay the rent Mm -hmm. and like it was tough times Um, but when he got an offer to work as a as a cook at a restaurant in Kazakhstan with the salary that he could 
not imagine at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought about it, and and that's why he actually went there alone, okay. uh, without us, just to see how it is. And after a year, he was convinced that we can come, and uh, and there then it happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really interesting that. Well, first of all, that I didn't know that your dad was a cook, which is yeah. like really nice thing. I didn't know that the, the the year that he was expanding there before it was to try out the restaurant and it, yeah. seeing if it if if he liked it or not. Um, how it was? It, you are an eighty years old kid yeah. going from a um, half Arabic uh, influenced uh, country like Turkey. I don't know the part where you are like seen up uh, half Muslim, half Christian, half uh, a lot of influences happening to a country like I don't know. Kazakhstan should be absolutely different from what yes. it was Turkey in the ninety <laughs> things. Uh, there, there was some family dramas before, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, wh- even when I was in Turkey, I remember that from my. The city that was I was born, Sinop, uh, we had to move when I was one year, which okay. I don't remember, to actually Istanbul. And that's why my brother is actually born there. Okay. So I would say the the issues with the family made him move. There wasn't so such a great connection uh, and, and good approach from them. So he was trying to basically save his family from mm. all the things that were happening. Um, <clears throat> but I realized after uh, about even the religion party that you yes, mentioned, I, I had no idea that uh, there, there are other religions of exist. <laughs> of course, of course, it makes a lot of sense. It's an eight years old kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like first two classes in uh, in a city in Thrakia, uh, what we call Thrace, and uh, it's like this little part of Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just trying to, you know, look after my brother. We, we raised like... Almost like a, a you know friends because mm. it's just one year's difference. Okay. And I remember my father was like trying to sell these donors in the you know streets with his car and stuff like that. Like it, I remember he was like preparing them at home, okay. and it was a nice time. And I remember once my mother, I mean he was she was saying it a few times, but just. Go get the food from your father. I'm not cooking today, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and when we actually moved, we were back in uh, Sinop. Okay. So the four, the third and the fourth class, I, w- I was there. And, you know, you become friends with the little children and, you of know, course. everything. And all the whole this movement thing, even from my childhood, I remember exactly the scenes like... There was a truck with all our stuff, and there was like these two girls that we made friends with, with my mm-hmm. brother, and we had to go, and it was so sad. Ah. You know, I was like, why we have to go? You know, why can't we just stay in one place? But that, I, and I just understand that now when I look at the back, that was just the beginning, you know. Of course, of course. I mean, you just understand these kind of things. As a kid, you don't understand why you need to move, and especially when you're settled down in some place and you have. Because at the at the early age when you are one two three years old yeah. you don't have 
that condition of that binds you to be friends, your center of focus is always the family. Then afterwards, when you start to have school friends, when you start to have things like yeah, it, yeah, exactly. that complicated even more. How it was entering to Kazakhstan in that sense, like did so you make it, friends easily? It was easily, a time or? that we had to be registered to my f- mother's uh, passport. Uh, I, I think we had the first passports they had to do. Okay. Uh, And um, I don't remember. I think we had to go to Istanbul, and tr- like I don't remember even now if there was a direct flight or it was through Almaty, the big city. But all I remember that when we actually reached to the city, which wasn't Almaty by the mm-hmm. way, it was Oskemen, Oskemenogorsk. Um, that um, fa- uh, my father uh, met us and. There was a driver, and they were talking something. And I, the first word I heard was uh, "machina," which which actually <laughs> means a car in in Russian. Mm-hmm. And and I was saying to my father, "It's funny what you remember. Like we we brought you the racing machine, father. Don't worry." <laughs> <laughs> and they were laughing, and it was oh, a yes. conversation in the in the car, you know. Um, I remember that my mother was a bit nervous because she also didn't know where we're going, but she was raised in Germany, so she was a bit accustomed to go. She already did yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you talk about language, which is always one of the recurrent topics yeah. in this podcast, of course, because it's one of the things that always like surprise. But majority of the people who I interview until now, they are people who did this movement at a certain age of their life. They were already grown-ups, let's say, like this. And it still impacts, of course, to not know a language. But as a eight years old kid, did you even know that there were other languages in the world, in a sense? I actually didn't. And it's it's really interesting that uh, I how I find out. Um, With a razor machine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a funny story. Um So actually, my parents didn't even know how to what to do with us, you know. Uh, but funny enough, there were some people uh, who had kids uh, with the same situation that we were, and um, and one of them told us like, okay, let's let's to take them to the Kazakh school, which is which they thought the Kazakh is like close to Turkish and okay. we can learn it easier and I remember there was a girl um, from like other ch- families a child and she was she knew the language more than us she was there before um, but when I was in the classroom I mean even if it's Kazakh it was written in Cyrillic and to me it was like some kind of drawing of you know it was really strange and i had no idea i just i just wanted to play and do nothing you know i didn't understand what they're trying to do uh, until my parents decided to like hire a tutor a, a russian girl that who came to our house and she was speaking turkish and the idea was like for her to practice turkish and for us to learn Russian, and that's how I start to actually uh, learn. What is the relation of Kazakh and uh, Russian in like uh, the ratio? I mean, uh, the thing is, uh, Turkish is a Central Asian language. Yeah, 
So basically, historically wise, we came from between this Ural Altai mountains. Mm -hmm. And it's a nomadic tribes. Uh, I mean, somehow they moved to Anatolia and they thought it's a better land. And that's how uh, they start to west start. But there were some, let's say, other nomadic tribes that kind of left. Mm -hmm. So the language was similar. And there are many communities that are coming from the same route. What mm -hmm. we say or talk as a Turkish now, it's 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 actually absolutely changed. The origin of it is what actually Kazakhs, Uyghurs, Uzbeks, Kyrgyz mm. speak. So basically when they talk, you, uh, you kind of catch some words, but because they were under influence of Russia such a long time, they use it's Kyrillic, fixed. they uh, add some Russian words, and it's, it's really complicated for us it to understand. It is even written in Kyrillic. Yeah. Okay, and okay. funny enough, they have like they have like forty two letters when Whoa. we have twenty nine yeah, in Turkish. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So you know they have different intonation on letter like N. It can be N, you know mm -hmm. K and K. Yeah. Like you really talk from your throat, Note. and all these details were kind of interesting for us. Uh, but Russian, you know, it's totally different language group. Even though it's written in Cyrillic, it's like, but you know, in those countries, it's um, more popular to speak Russian rather than Kazakh. Kazakh people, of course, because speak, of the Soviet Union. Yeah, uh, English, and they learn. I think this part is a bit sad. Their own language is a foreign language, and which is still happening now. So it's now. right now. There is a majority of schools right now teaching much bigger uh, schools teaching in Russian than Kazakh? Uh, uh, actually, moment? you can choose. You can go to Kazakh school or Russian, but even if you go to Kazakh school, it's really common to speak Russian between you, be okay. between your friends. So that's the... And it also depends what part of Kazakhstan you mm. are. Kazakhstan is a huge country. Yeah. It's eighth biggest in the world. Okay. <laughs> so they have a huge, enormous territory. Wow. And like traveling from one side to another, it's like takes population wise hours and hours. Um, I think they're around 20 million now. When I was there, I think it was around 15 for a country like almost the size of Europe. You, you know, it's, it's a huge, huge extension for yeah. a population that it's rather small, yeah. In that sense, it's interesting. I mean, of course, it's. I'm I'm super curious about Kazakhstan and all the area around Kazakhstan actually because it's I define it and especially when we talk about it with Catherine it's just like this area where where we kind of see it like a gem that it's still undiscovered somehow not a lot of people traveling yet there but when you see images from it and when you see whatever and food and everything it's just like wow yeah you need to go there I think it happened with Georgia Georgia started to be touristic more yeah, or less yeah the the geography of kazakhstan is mostly steps mm -hmm. so it's a flat uh with lots of lakes and rivers okay uh, the more you go south the more mountainous it gets okay. and almaty is on the mountains of tanshan okay. which is border with china and they call it alata also which means big big mountain um but 
it, the country is so huge that, you know, on the west side, it's actually the end of the Oral Mountains, mm -hmm. which is funny because my name is Oral uh -huh. and there is a city in Kazakhstan really? with the same name. <laughs> Can you believe? Okay, that's the typical joke in school, no? yeah. for sure. <laughs> And, uh, you know, when they talk about my name and my my parents never knew that we will go there. And it's a totally normal name in Kazakhstan, which it, in Kazakh it means come back. Really? Yes. So there is kids in Kazakhstan yes. called the same way as you. I even had a, a schoolmate oh, with the same wow. name. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's nice. I mean... I think I need to put uh, uh, the audience a little bit in a perspective. You know a lot of the countries where you live also because I normally say what is the profession of, uh, of the people who come as yeah, guests. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you're actually a tour guide yeah. right now, kind of blogger, Instagrammer, social yes. media related also, a lot related to traveling and to knowing culture yeah. at the same time time you work as a content moderator yeah. um, uh, for a company here in in, in yeah. Athens yes but you do guided tours yeah mainly in Turkey yes um, like after my journey in Kazakhstan basically um, I decided to go to Turkey and it was like I was there young I was 16 and uh, my parents kind of directed me to go to Turkey to study and I chose tourism and I, I was in the city called uh, Aydın which is Kuşadası, a really popular mm -hmm. uh, resort and um, and I studied guiding there uh, and together with the, like managing travel agency but when I finished it I didn't really have a huge interest to be in this field for okay. some reason um, and that's how my journey to USA started, yeah. So you spent eight years, which is mainly the elementary school in... Basically in from eight until like 16, I would say, eight years. Um, and and the, the reason why it's short, it's mm -hmm. because the problem with the school system, and I told you that I had, had these tutors... But uh, for them to give me to a Turkish school, it started from the seventh grade. So okay. they had to like jump me a few classes so I can not I can be filled up with something, you know, to do. Okay. So and I because it was a kind of lyceum that uh, was very, a bit successful in the in the country. Mm -hmm. um, I was in Olympiad actually for the languages. For Kazakh language, okay. I learned it so well. <laughs> the thing that I was like thinking as a drawing, I wow. I had okay. a teacher who discovered this side of me, and she said, "She potentiated." Uh, I will, yeah, I, I want you to be there. And I was in like language Olympiads, and it was a it's a Olympiads between. I mean, it's called Olympiads, but it's not actually. It's something that uh, related to like uh, public school. Physics, mathematics, yeah. anything that comes to your mind. And the idea was like representing the school and the city and then mm -hmm. the, the state and, and the whole country. So I was winning lots of awards until okay. I was like going to the Republican level. It was fun at the time. And I remember I had like monetary prize. 
Okay. When I was like uh, 14, nice. I guess. Wow. And it was cool. So I, I really liked it. And uh, they, they, they were saying that like we are Einsteins at that time. Mm. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but okay. uh, we, we weren't, obviously. But it was like just some, uh, you know, fun thing to do. And I was offered to um, study in a Kazakh, Kazakh university to continue okay. this field. Uh, like war, uh, study with a stipendium and everything. All right. But for some reason, we moved towards Turkey and we just declined the offer. Okay. Yeah. So if it's okay for you, I propose we do the first uh, break now mm-hmm. and then we jump to Turkey, back to Turkey, let's say after eight years. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Welcome back. Um, so we were just talking about your 16 years old or all yeah. uh, going back to Turkey just after your experience in raising up and going to school in Kazakhstan, actually. Yeah. Um, so it was a family decision or it was you alone going back to Turkey at that point in time? It was me alone because my parents were still there back in, Turkey, uh, back in Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. So actually... That's my kind of the start of my like solo life. Okay, with sixteen, which is kind of an early age. In- yeah, actually, when I was in Kazakhstan, I was also kind of solo because the the school I was studying uh, was like three hours away from the city. Okay. <laughs> so I kind of get used to it, and I was like, okay, let's do this. But the way how I uh, get to in exams and how I get to in Turkey was kind of a stressful time because I was in an exam that this was totally for like Turkish living abroad, mm-hmm. especially Germany. Okay. And uh, it was a special kind of exam and I had to go to Ankara for the exam and my parents supported like they were okay. with me. But because the electronic version of like getting results were not so common, I had to like literally wait the envelope for the decision and my parents were like um let's see it let's see if you get in if not you will come back otherwise don't come you know you wait for three months okay (laughs) yeah so that was a bit interesting so it's of course they need to or they what they think they need to evaluate it's that you go back to a country and they need to evaluate if your level it's good enough to somehow enter university but at what age you enter at 16 at university yeah it was my first try i think the issue was like with the ticket prices as well like airline it was Mm -hmm. not so cheap to travel okay like now you know but it's i mean because commonly here in a lot of countries you enter university when you are 18 so between 16 and 18 we have these two years of preparation school for university yeah um i was actually 17 Mm. let's say but uh, you're right i was uh, a bit early in the university and i think i was the youngest okay in my so classroom. you did this exam to enter a turkish university at the yeah, end. Yeah, it yeah. was the prep the prep exam for saying which university you can enter and which not or <laughs> um the the uh, the how, uh, the plan was like get the grades but before getting the grades you actually were able to choose which universities you mm-hmm. want 
but after a while they they, they change the system so they you get first points and then you choose okay. yeah. uh, which in my time it didn't make sense because maybe you would enter to the university that doesn't need that much points uh, but I was a, I was lucky to get like to my first choice. Okay. Um, nice. But it was like totally up to my parents which city I would choose. Maybe I don't know. I would have gotten to the university in Istanbul. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was I had no idea what's going on in Turkey at the time. Yeah, with the study and like university system. So you go back there. You get accepted. Yeah. Because you studied university. Yeah. In- in tourism in is- in in in, uh, in Aydin in mm-hmm. Kushadasi. Um so <clears throat> it's a resort kind of place but like the 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 city is like uh, not far from it the tourism part was in Kushadasi and my parents because I was alone they like they bought a house and I was like there alone okay. <laughs> yeah it's uh, so you had the place to stay you didn't yeah, need yeah. To rent and, well at least they, it's good you know they supported and... me in that way which was also a struggle in the beginning because they didn't want to in the, mm-hmm. uh, but then they thought like that's the best decision yeah how many years of university it's uh... it was supposed to be four years mm-hmm. but i finished at five the reason why it got long because i was struggling with turkish subjects okay uh, i i couldn't write any like paper it, it was like the 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 main turkish language and like the what we call inklaptari which means like the reform the Ataturk's reform uh, history, which okay. is like mandatory mm-hmm. in all Turkish universities, I was really struggling, so I had to like repeat one year. Mm-hmm. But I already started to know like English, and English was like I was passing English, where like majority of Turkish citizens were like struggling. Okay. So I had like the opposite approach a bit, even in that time. And at that point of time, so you are. In university with four languages then because you I, speak russian you speak i was speaking russian and kazakh turkish and english yeah you're right four languages yes. <laughs> it's quite a lot for a 17 years old kid, exactly you know like yeah. it's a big plus especially in tourism where languages are desired as as one of the most but, valuable things yeah but bear in mind but but that my turkish was really broken at that time yeah i was at the point to like but eventually it. with four years in yeah. turkey you are able to catch again probably i caught i caught it back but it took for me to some years okay yeah, for sure, it was not easy for me to go back to Turkish because the only time I was speaking in Kazakhstan Turkish, mm. it was only with my mother, to be honest course, with you, to uh, nobody else. I mean, we, we got to a point with my brother that we were like more comfortable speaking Russian. Yeah. And eventually you studied these four years in there and... What happens? Like you finish university, you find a job in, in Turkey? Actually, or? during uh, the summertime, uh, we had to do like a stash, like mm-hmm. a internship. Internship. Thing, yeah. uh, so if, at first year that I like, at first grade that I finished, I got into like really, really nice actual travel agency there, mm-hmm. which I didn't expect. It was my first job in 2003 three i think okay and like some friends that i met there they were like tell them that you know kazakh as well not just russian 
And I'm like, what would that that help me to get a job? And they're like, just tell it. And actually, that they were so right. I don't know. They just the company seemed like they got excited about it, and they they just hired me. And it was I got like first job that was like paid paid okay. internship. And uh, and from that time, I was I I knew that every summer I will have a job, job. and I will. Earn I will work. Yeah, yeah, of course. Makes sense. So during these four years, I worked each uh, summer, different parts of like tourism, uh, travel agencies. It was I even worked in like a, a shop that were selling like ceramic stuff okay. <laughs> for a couple of years. And, and we had to do like the, this guiding tour that's mm-hmm. supposed to be like for 40 years. 40 days, I'm sorry, not years, um, that was mandatory and we had to pay for it. And so I was like trying to get money to mm-hmm. to, to pay for it. Yeah. So, so it's for getting the license of the... Uh, the license for guiding in Turkey, it's after you finish university, you had to like prove the language skill as well. So you, you go to the government language school uh, exam and uh, you had to... S- like have a certain score yeah. or you can show them like IELTS or TOEFL result okay. and I actually tried like a couple of times I think like two or three mm-hmm. first I tried in Red Russian I didn't get the score that I that they needed uh, but funny enough in 2014 when I was uh, doing my a military. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like solving so many tests in English, so I I passed it, and I, that's how I get my license actually. Like, so you did military in Turkey? Yeah, but that's like after I went abroad uh, to America and Switzerland, actually. So okay, so let's. <laughs> you finished university. And you said that's when it started in America? Yeah, I went to America because at that time it was really popular, what we call this uh, J-1 traineeship. It was mm-hmm. like for hospitality students to go to uh, different like hotels, resorts, uh, let's say clubs, uh, golf clubs. I mm-hmm. just work there. I work and travel, but a bit longer version. So I was there for a, for a year, actually. And I really, it was a good time because I was 21 when I finished university. So you can imagine like from 16 to 21 at the university. And then, uh, so I was in Miami. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years, 21 years in yeah, Miami. Wow, okay. Well, a drinkable age yeah. in America. <laughs> exactly. The proper age to enter America in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Lake Tahoe area in California and like uh, New York, Upper New York, okay. Westchester area. Oh, nice. So each was like for four years. Um, but then I decided to go back to Kazakhstan from there. So I didn't stay in Turkey afterwards. So you were honest. Turkey, then you made one year in United States? Yeah. I'm from United States. I went directly to Kazakhstan. Okay. <laughs> and stop a moment in the United States just to, to make it a little bit in there. Like, yeah. So you were literally working like four months 
in every kind of resort or like so you I were switching part- from one place to the other? I was participating in the program mm-hmm. and uh, basically for like a busy period, like when I was in Miami, it was like Christmas time mm-hmm. and they need like extra workers. Um, same goes for like Lake Tahoe area. It was a casino hotel and I worked as a waiter there. It was a hotel that um, Frank Sinatra was like uh, going through like, I don't know, some kind of tunnels and going to the stage and they had tours about it there. So it was really exciting and um, to be there at 21 age. Actually, funny enough, but my brother was before me. In, uh, in in United in the States, States. he was okay. in Alaska, <laughs> so he well, kind different, of different style. Yeah, <laughs> not was, the same. <laughs> he told me like it's cool. You have to do it as well. I'm like, okay, I will try it. Well, I mean, United States, nearly everywhere, it can get cold in in Christmas season, but eventually, Alaska, it's not the same as uh, Lake Tahoe or yeah. <laughs> or Miami. And the money that I earned, I, I really spent to like explore America. Mm-hmm. I made good friends and I was really confident with my English after finishing and working uh, in Turkey. I was like accustomed with uh, meeting tourists. So I wanted it more. But basically what I discovered in America that I actually need to do a master's that what mm-hmm. I studied in Turkey is like nothing <laughs> compared to what I wanted to do. So I was really, I remember I was at Stanford University. And my friend was studying there and I really got inspired But what's happening there. So I was like, that took me like a okay. huge inspiration to, to go like to do the TOEFL test appropriately and like apply. And when I went to Kazakhstan, I was like, studying just to pass the TOEFL test and imagine me being at my parents like a cafe or whatever and ordering books from America and just studying (laughs) English and they had no idea what I'm trying to do but uh, funny enough in that time I I met maybe you know about it but there were like uh, volunteers Mm -hmm. and it's called Peace Corp organization it's it's uh i i don't want to tell like uh, a lie here but it's uh organization for like young americans to go to like underdeveloped countries and they had to like work for a couple of years in in harsh circumstances and teach english and stuff and then when they go back uh, to America, they get like promoted easily and get a better job in America. And okay. uh, I met them there, and I remember there was a guy called Tim, and he knew, uh, like we are in like in the middle of nowhere. We are in Tahoe, mm. and uh, we are in a in a party, and I meet somebody called Tim who knows my father back in Kazakhstan (laughs) and he was there I was like what are you talking about like how do you know my parents and he said I'm a Peace Corps volunteer and we are in your city in Kazakhstan I'm like what what and you were in the uh, the smallest the world is really fucking small these kind of things are ridiculous like you met a guy in a party and like and like the how that knows your how do you arrive that in a, he convers- did, in a he normal didn't conversation know me, but he knew my parents he said that's the only place we go to eat hamburgers in my city <laughs> so i'm like 
is this place is like a fedora where we I mean, my father is like yes and I know your father I know your your mother and everyone I was like <laughs> I was so just funny. there for so a party <laughs> you know it was so random and uh, when I went to Kazakhstan back and I met the whole group of this peace corps mm -hmm. peace corps volunteers I was like that's really cool what are you guys doing here what are you teaching and I start to like find out like different parts of Kazakhstan okay. that is like I didn't know when I was small growing up there and the coolest thing we have done when with all this group is like we went to like a baptism um, a ceremony mm -hmm. Russian style orthodox okay. which is called Krishenia. Uh they do it in January mm -hmm. and it's like let's do it And it was like mine 35 and like going down on the ice and it's so cool. But that's just like the, the, the concept of like going back to Kazakhstan to be with an American group in Kazakhstan to do things that are Russian. That, that thing, it's just It, like, it's, it's just so crazy. blowing your mind. <laughs> like, I think I would call that incident like the most crazy thing that I would not expect to know at all like to of know course. somebody like and it's i think it's called incline village mm -hmm. it's a very small place and uh, near uh, near lake tahoe the, the northern lake tahoe and it's close to nevada and like and it's a very small Why? place and i was <laughs> just working there and just a, a ukrainian friend of mine said let's go to this party and just we oh, it's like so crazy yeah That is, I mean, that's the kind of stories why I do this podcast, actually. Yeah, exactly. You know, like these kind of crazy things that happens when you travel around and you live outside of your country. It's just like where it puts yourself. And another it. thing I found out through this Peace Corps group that the orphanage system mm -hmm. that the Europeans were trying to like implement in Kazakhstan and mm -hmm. how deep it went there. Because in Russian culture, it's really normal... Uh, to leave your wife just like really? that yeah okay. it, it, i mean it, because you know they're drinking a lot and like women are stronger as a character there i mean i've seen first time in my life like women drivers of a public transport in kazakhstan and i was mm. like okay that's not something that in turkey do like mm. women does but uh, so the the idea what i'm trying to say is like uh, there were lots of kids without parents And uh, there was a, a girl that I knew as a Kazakh, and she speak very well Spanish. And I was impressed, like all these Spanish-speaking countries, Americas, like coming there because Kazakh uh, laws were allowing them easier to get a, adoption. the adoption. I was like, what? You know, I was like, I had like shock after shock, like what's happening in Kazakhstan, like, and how how close it got. But at some point after all this happening, I noticed like after a few years, the Kazakh like system just blocked them all and they're not doing that anymore. Okay. Yeah. You didn't know that it was, I mean, I remember the point of time, especially, I mean, I have an adopted uh, cousin and he's from Russia and I, I know the whole process that the, my, my uncles passed through to, to get the adoption. And it was really complex back in the time. And I know and I heard from stories that there was other countries referring to us, maybe not Azerbaijan, but Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan and all of these parts where it was easy, 
easier than the certain processes. In the certain thing places. is, it's where like, we start to live from '99, it's a really small city. It's called mm-hmm. Petropolis. It's has only 200,000 pe- people living there. Okay. And in that city, having like this organization, it it really like thing. surprised me yeah. because it's not a capital. It's not a big city. It's just a, a border city from from Russia. It's a small place. And I, I, you know, at 22 years, I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. Like how things evolved so quickly. And it is a good thing that they're trying to do, of course. Nice. But at the same time, all these kids are going and they're becoming Americanized or mm-hmm. they'll never come back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we do the second technical break yeah. and then we come back to. Kazakhstan, and then we still have Sweden and Greece in there, no? So we still have uh, yeah, some, yeah. Uh, something to talk. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We are back. Um, you were just talking about your coming back from crazy stories of like a lot yeah. of connections in the world that you never imagined. Um, so you decided at some point that... so. You had clear that your thing, internship experience was one year in in United States, but from there you could come back to Turkey. Uh, I I could have, but um, at some at that point, I, my family actually had a kind of partner, and they kind of expanded their business. So my father thought that I would be helpful for the business, and uh, it, it was exactly the time that my. F- my uh, time in America kind of finished Mm -hmm. and I decided to try it and like help my parents with the business but on the back of my mind as I told you um, I I wanted to do masters and I was like studying uh, TOEFL for that so Mm -hmm. I knew that I will leave at some point and I convinced my parents that I will Study more. <laughs> so you eventually went back to Kazakhstan to help your family, but exactly. at the same time in a preparation for a TOEFL for studying exactly. further, let's say like this. And that's how I end up in Switzerland. Okay. Uh, so how much time it happens be- between going back to US from USA to going to Switzerland? Well, I came in the beginning of 2009 uh, to Switzerland and I... Uh, sorry, to Kazakhstan, and it's just one year that I stayed in mm-hmm. in, in Kazakhstan, and I was in 2010 in Switzerland with the, and I applied to everything from Kazakhstan and for the, it was a city called Kur, mm-hmm. it's a Canton Graubünden, and it's a public university, and there is actually a funny story how they found me, um, in TOEFL. You know, there is an internet-based, uh, yeah. or IBT, they call. Yeah. And there is also the one that you write with the papers, like written. The physical. Yeah. yeah, physical. So I went for IBT to Almaty, which is like 36 hours from where I live <laughs> okay. in Kazakhstan. <laughs> and it was crazy. So um, when I was filling the form, I think they, they could actually um, write some universities that you want. Mm. them to see your results okay um i mean that's as as far as i remember and funny enough <clears throat> uh, for me to go to the toefl is just to, to see my level to be honest with you 
and uh, and I got a good grade on speaking, and the rest was like kind of okay. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what grade I got, but it was something around seventy five and eighty, which wasn't like enough for America. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, in two thousand eight, when I was in America, I was introduced for the Facebook for the first time. Okay. That's like the time that you know Facebook, Facebook kind of appeared. started, yeah. <laughs> And when I went to America, I kind of like continued to use it. But the why I'm say, talking about Facebook now is that the university in Switzerland mm-hmm. contacted me through Facebook. Through Facebook, a university yes. contacted you. Okay. And that's, that's I was like... LinkedIn was not existing. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, what's happening? Are you fake? Like, what's... Is it real? And and they were telling me like uh, they had to send me like the proof that they see my results and that's how I got convinced that you know these people cra- are not lying. That's crazy. Yes, <laughs> that is crazy. It just like sounds some scam spam yeah, thingy. It, like yeah, I was like, there's no way. You know, you you have this paper that's from you know but you put that university to be i just put randomly probably and i put that university (laughs) and i forgot about it because like six months or something passed yeah (laughs) you went in a university in switzerland doing a master because you're randomly in a tuffle that you want to test yourself on which level of english you are you put random universities in it yeah and they contact you through facebook yes they didn't know how to contact me. I don't know how they found me on Facebook. It's crazy. And there were some universities in Australia and UK. I just didn't know which one. I mean, my goal was to go back to America. But obviously, my points weren't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the guy was started talking, I asked him to do like Skype call and stuff like that. Yeah. And he said, you know, I said, I want to do a master's. Do you have it? I went to check their website and he's like, no. But he's like, you know, next door, it's really funny this part. It's like next to us, there is a university, it's called Hateve Core. And, you know, they have, uh, you know, the master part. Oh. And this is the email, maybe you can write them. Oh. And they were so like, it's not even the university who contacted exactly. you on Facebook, it's the university close to university who contacted <laughs> you through Facebook. Oh yes, yes, yes. You know this uh, contract of the contract of the contract of. Uh, uh, Marx Brothers uh, films. Yeah, That's exactly this thing. This is right? how I find oh, out, like ended up in Switzerland. And when I wrote the, the email, and they're like, "Yes, we can accept you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, your nice. your 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 grades are okay." And at that point, I said, "You know, I need the support financially." So I asked my parents, and they did it. Which, which and it just was went, it? Hmm? Which master was it? It's called MSc, uh, like Master of Science mm-hmm. with Major Tourism. Okay. Um, it's a public university. Um, very, like, the level of education is really high in Switzerland. Switzerland is high, yeah. And for me, imagine, like, going from Kazakhstan to Switzerland, it's like going from minus uh, 100 to plus 200. Yeah, it's but like- you, were, you, were, you lived, I mean, in between... I, that's something that I always put in consideration. Yes, I agree. It might be hard, hard to arrive to the level of education or the level that they are requesting you to be. But I'm pretty sure at that point of your life, 
a big amount of your colleagues in ma in the in the master never traveled in more in the, than two lived in more than two countries. <laughs> like to correct you, I, I all my colleagues like they never even go to master. Like they're like, why you are doing this? No, you know? no. But eventually, when you arrive to Switzerland. What I mean is that you enter to Switzerland, yes, higher education. You you understand that as a higher education system. You at that point of time you've grown up in Kazakhstan, learned four languages at the age of 17 years old, went yeah. to university in Turkey, yeah. did an internship year in the United States, went back to Kazakhstan to support your family, learned doing a TOEFL, went and entering to Switzerland. Yeah. I don't know how many people in Switzerland are doing yeah. that amount of things before yeah. arriving to a master. Exactly. You're absolutely right because for them it's like just the next step. You do, yeah, you finish university and you go directly, yeah. no? For me it was like such a big like a change and like trying to do something. Uh, the only motivation that I had is like I need to do master and I need to do it after like having a bit of working experience. Um, but that place in Switzerland really taught me a lot about like tourism world. I didn't finish it, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, because I didn't know how to write thesis before. I don't have a master. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my uh, bachelor degree, we didn't need to write thesis. I mean, we wrote some papers. So, um, and at that time, I actually had some problems with my dad at that time. Just I just wanted to escape. Mm -hmm. But the whole journey, the whole experience was like super amazing. I, I tried to write a thesis about like halal tourism, which mm -hmm. is like Muslim coming to the Switzerland. And um, I met like incredible people that we did like uh, projects together um it's it's something that i have to have to actually finish and i'm kind of like considering it like to, to finish do it, it like later even like Still? from this time yeah okay. nice <laughs> yeah that's cool can i ask you a question because i know switzerland yeah a little bit sure shock coming from kazakhstan to Switzerland, the clean uh polite uh structured way of uh switzerland was it a big shock for you, like, eventually? It was, a, it was like a dream. Like, I, I remember, like... Uh, the streets so I, are clean. <laughs> yes, I came, like, through Tallinn, through uh, mm -hmm. Riga, and there was a flight. And the first time I took a train and I was, like, watching the, the nature there, I thought, this is unreal. Like, I, I don't know where I am, but this is amazing. <laughs> Why is everything so green? <laughs> yeah, it was like, it's, is this real? Like, what, am I seeing everything correct? But, you know, you get used to that beauty. Mm. And um, it's, it's just fascinating, like, how, how beautiful a country can be. And uh, in terms of, like, tourism, how, what... It added to me. Mm. Uh, it's it's just incredible. But uh, I have to like congratulate my parents just because they had always a vision to say, like I did. His like my father said, like I did, explore a place. Just go and explore and see if it's for you or no. I mean, the more you see a place, the more you get 
um, an idea that you had never before. Of so course. every country is so different. Yeah, yeah. So my, I mean, I still have like good bonds with Switzerland, mm-hmm. and I'm I might actually go there again. Okay. I'm still considering. There is a company that's like trying to uh, work with me. Um, but uh, it's it was a like kind of a time that I was I wouldn't say like expert but like going to the level of like doing it in a better way and it was a good choice and I think it was it would be it was much better than like going back to America and it's just how life put me there uh, I, I'm just grateful mm-hmm. at, so you at what age do you finish it the master um you quit the master in there and why do you quit the master in there i it was until 2013 um so about two three years and i was uh how old i was <clears throat> so around like 25 26 and the reason i i mean the bureaucracy of course being a turkish citizen or living in europe is not so easy when Man, but dang, with this visa yeah, yeah. switzerland bureaucracy which is not the easiest one in yeah, the world yeah i think it's the hardest in, in one of the hardest let's say and um, they didn't allow me to work there that's, okay. that's the biggest reason i left because for me to get a um working working uh, let's say officially working uh it was like a, a lot of work and i was like it's not worth it a lot of people told me like you should have stayed but i was like no you know i'm just gonna go i'm not gonna like struggle with the yeah. whole this bureaucracy that they are trying to like impose on me just because the rules <laughs> are like that But now I'm I'm thinking a bit different. Like it as I told you, I might option. go there again. Yeah, but at that time I didn't feel like it's it's a place for me to like live and like continue my life. What happened afterwards? Is that the step where you come to Greece or you go back? Um, actually, after that, I decided like kind of like go back to Turkey and like do my own profession, like do guiding and what I love and what I learned in Switzerland. Is that like, the moment that you take the tour guiding license? Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. Like I, that's when I did like this. Um, Uh, because in Turkey, in order to work officially, you need to do like your uh, military service, and I just decided to do it and just moved to Istanbul, and mm-hmm. that's when I started to live in Istanbul, and like I was working as a concierge in a hotel, and like being like most, most accustomed with like the Turkish tourism part and get my license, and like after so many years that my all of my uh student like friends from school like being in the industry for a long time i was like a newbie but uh, still like willing to do it until 2016 which is the part that i came to greece yeah <laughs> okay um i would suggest we do the last break now mm-hmm. we talk About Greece, your experience in Greece, and then we do the last two questions and we close up the episode. Yes, sure. Yep. Yeah. All right. So you were just saying you came to Greece after taking the whole like part in Turkey of becoming a fully experienced tour guide in in Turkey. 
uh, doing the license. Yes, it came yes. in 2016. So I, I start to be, to be honest, um, a, uh, a freelancer at the time. And I was like, this is really cool. Guiding is cool. People are appreciating uh, the, the languages I speak and uh, I get paid well. And I just, you know, and ha- rented a new house in a cool place in Istanbul. And mm-hmm. like being on my own, this is really cool. But, you know, and the the knowledge you have is like being a bit patriotic, not even not even growing in Turkey. I was like, okay, let's do it like for Turkish tourism, being excited about it. But uh, there were a lot of like political events happening in 2016 and even before. There were lots of bombings and um, there was a time that... You know the the friends of mine that I went to America together with, and one of them happened to be a guide as well. And I remember she told me a story that, and she was guiding on uh, Istiklal Street, the main, the most in Taksim. You know, mm-hmm. it's really famous. That she saw someone like exploding himself and stuff like that. It was really, 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 really hard, and it's like not something that you would actually know how to cope with you know Definitely. it's yeah. it was really hard for me and plus the coup attempt that happened in 2016 it was really really hard for me psychologically and i was like enough you know what i'm doing here and why i'm here why i have to like go over the stress and and when i talk like this i i I might sound a bit selfish, but, you know, because some people have no choice and they have to go through this, that they live there. Yeah. But uh, in that time, I had this offer from Greece and I was like, let me go and see and just calm down for a, for a year and see how it's going to go and I might come back. But that's when I discovered how great Greece is and you know I just fell in love with Greece mm-hmm. and I and I'm, I'm still here you know and Greece was a country that I was think, always thinking like hey, it's a neighbor country I can go anytime um, but, but all this ended. like psychological pressure that people had got to through and I'm just one example and a lot of people were like suffering from this psychologically. It was, times, yeah. it was really hard to like process and like uh, be okay and mm-hmm. not like just, uh, you know, you are so accustomed like not to surprise anymore because everything you hear is like even worse and worse. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that was a, a tough time for me. And, and then I made the decision that I was like, it's not for me. Um, I tried, you know, I tried my best, but maybe it was the wrong time. Maybe it was not uh, for me. That's but eventually you were saying like, this is selfish, but at the end it's it's true. Like you have the opportunity to do it. There is other people who doesn't, but that doesn't mean that you are capable of yeah. taking the decision. So if you are capable, a lot of people who right now doesn't have this this capability of doing this decision 
would if you were they were in your same position they would have taken probably the same decision as probably you did. yes because having such a background as I did and I was like trying to support many people that I you know somehow see that they have potential I was like do this do that and they're like their box the view of their mm. vision of the world was so small that I was saying them you know I was trying to be in an encouraging part that's like Nothing can stop you. I mean, having Turkish passport doesn't mean anything. You can apply, you can do this, you can do that. Yep. Like trying to open the vision of people that because you can see potential there, you yep. know. And I'm not a person like as an influencer in that term. But I just, when you just even talk, like have a conversation, have a chat. And, um, and then seeing, like saying my life and what I did, I was like... This has just happened by by some a little decision and by some reasons how I came here, but this is not what uh, I wanted to have. I mean, mm. the situation. There is more force. It's more forced than, than it's. It become a bit forced, but when I kind of like discovered my inner psychology and like everything what I went through in Greece as a peaceful place, I decided to stay here not because i'm like in love with the country but mostly because this is what i want to do after this i don't want to go through that again i know that everything is going well now i i mean now i go back to turkey and do touring uh, guiding more than i did when, when even when there. i was in turkey yeah, crazy but the there's a difference when you actually live there and when you're not you know it's definitely it's it's a different story uh but it doesn't mean that i'm like kind of cut from the culture it i'm live really close my mother is living still in turkey my brother and my uh father is still in kazakhstan like nothing has changed but Uh, yeah, in Greece, I, I can say like I found like my inner peace uh, that I haven't found in other countries so far. Yeah, five years already in Greece. I have been here six years. Six. Yeah, it's going to be exactly six in December. So okay. Um, but who knows what takes me to the next road? But I'm at the age that I'm like want to like more control of my create a base yeah exactly which i couldn't like since i was one years old you know yeah i mean i mean you explain the whole story of your life right now in this yeah. podcast so we can clearly see that six years in your life it's a lot of time it's too long yeah actually it might be the time that you lived the longest the longest besides kazakhstan eight years yeah exactly eight and 16 Yeah, exactly. That's that's crazy. Like it's a lot of movement, a lot of going back and forward and whatever, and and it's not your decision. The, the surprising me part for me first, it's like the first movement that you do because of work. Yeah, it's the first time that you move to a country because you have an offer in yeah. Greece and you move into that. The second thing that surprised me in that it's that it's the first time that this decision doesn't comes from an inner integrity of trying to do something. Yeah. 
of course, uh, the first movements, Kazakhstan, going back to Turkey, whatever, are strictly familiar because you're a kid. You yes. are underage and that's absolutely normal. But going to United States, going to Switzerland, going back to Turkey, going back to Kazakhstan or choosing to go to another place, this is the first time that you go out of a country because of surrounding things not yeah. because of you external factors external factors that are forcing yeah. you to say hey i need to escape this thing yeah and in this move you find your inner peace yes yes so um as a recommendation for people who are maybe trying to i don't know move or trying to be expat is just the the thing that i always followed is just how I feel and how what my inner voice said it never like kind of felt me off or mm. uh, the funny part is like you go there and then you find out why you were there Definitely. and it takes you like a couple of years to find out why you actually came like why I was in Kazakhstan why I went to Switzerland and why 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 so the oldest whys Uh, can be explained uh, if if you just analyze a bit, like go a couple of years and and uh, and it actually I find out that by DNA I'm a, like half Greek that I'm really? in, in Greece okay. as well. That's another fun fact <laughs> because you know where I was born is like it used to be a Greek city, which you know blah blah ah, blah. You know this whole this, this yeah. whole topic of Turkey and Greece, which put me really nervous, guys. Like, <laughs> stop this! I mean, you're the fucking clear example of that. Yeah, exactly. Let's be honest. Like, put your fucking shit aside. You are much similar than you think. You are much more close. You're fucking neighbors, and you treat each other like shit, especially from a government military yeah. perspective. When it comes to normal population, people doesn't disrespect each other that much as they do governmental-wise. It yeah. could be so easy to understand yeah, it, each other. It could be, but imagine even uh, me, myself, struggling even with my parents about this topic. And when I found out that I'm half Greek, half Greek <laughs> can you see, like, can you imagine what face they had? Like, this means that, like, either my father or my mother is, like, some of them, like, 100% Greek, somebody there. So... Uh, It, Which is not difficult. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There, there's technology now. You can do tests. You can check it. Um, but that's become kind of a mission of mine. Like especially for the uh, Turkish people or anybody actually comes across to say like you can be anyone. Let's just explore. But like just let's just not believe the stereotypes what we hear i mean this is a hot topic going on but clearly from the government perspective as Be you critical. said it's it's uh, it's something that you know they put in front of you to fight yeah. about and okay. just just be the person who observes and like sees it uh, just stop putting your emotions there or your nationalism or whatever. I mean, this is, as you said, I try to be example in that case. And on my tours, 
when I meet people, I say, guys, I live in Greece. I'm Turkish. This doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, be. I try to explain them how open we are and, and how Turkey was like cradle of civilization. All these people used to live here. We are not, uh, uh, nobody is like truly Turkish. Nobody is. Like, look at the life I have. Like, people here who thinks they are uh, 100% Turkish, it's doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's I, literally <laughs> impossible to be 100% yeah, yeah. Turkish. It's uh, the same whether it's 100% impossible to be 100% French or 100%. We mix so much in, exactly. in, in everywhere that it's literally impossible that if you do a DNA test, you're 100% says it's, oh, you're 100% German or 100% French or 100% Turkish or 100% Persian. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's impossible. It's fucking impossible. Yeah, the same conversation goes for the Greeks who live here and the Turkish who live there. But in the end, uh, I choose a place that I feel the energy, the, the inner peace, rather than all these conflicts. I think they are just temporarily, they will come and go. Um, what stays is like the relationship and uh, the conversation and the good vibes that we have with the people that is around us and doesn't matter the sex language whatever the person is i mean the humanity is, goes beyond it you know can i i will make one last question before yes. jumping to the last two questions of the of the episode are you seeing yourself into living into greece right now for a long period and if yes what it's the benefits of like what it's the thing that captivated you from Greece I think the most uh, thing that I think that is admirable about Greece is it's it's something that it's hard to describe I, mm. I have to say uh, uh, but uh, to answer your question yes I see myself living here for a long time even if I go from here somewhere, I, th I see myself being Return. a grandfather or whatever, okay. old person living in Greek islands. I don't know why. Okay. It's Maybe it's a connection that I established through the, the like self-realization part. Okay. Um, maybe it's the people. Um, maybe it's the energy that I feel here. Um, but honestly, I'm not looking for to move uh, I need to have really, really good reasons to, to do it. I mean, the only per place that I could possibly consider, which is under question still, is Switzerland. But it's, again, for my career to do the stuff that I want to do wise, not in, a, in a quicker way. Okay. But it's not the end goal again. I mean, um, the end goal, I mean, will be still staying in somewhere close by here. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, as you said, it's the six years that I stayed with my own decision for, the, for a long time. And I think uh, the whole environment, the expat community, the people, the food, I don't know. I mean, it's, it may sound very similar mm. to Turkish culture, but it's different. There mm. is a part that, you know, you can separate clearly um that that I can see it when I start to live here. Um, 
of course, there are future plans that I want to do. I want to be more uh, freelance again and do like things that I want to do. But f to get to that level again, I need to. Uh, I have some other plans to do, like maybe buying real estate here and then I don't know being freelance again. Mm -hmm. And going back to doing guide, which I love and I have passion about, because I love history, I love his uh, archaeology, I I love arts, I I love I I like so many things, and I the 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 connection that I found between these cultures and like when I dig in the history and like put it up again, and it's just I have so much enthusiasm about it, and I the the passion that I have, like, just to give it away and explain everyone mm -hmm. so everybody knows and it just makes me happy. Yeah. Makes sense. So you're still, like, kind of feeling, uh, and that's a question, extra question, like a kind of magic uh, increase. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there are other countries that would make me feel the same. But so far, I I wouldn't have any hesitation to stay like mm. further here. Um, maybe I mean there it's close to Turkey, and I can go really like back and forth. Um, I don't know. I mean the what I as I told before, like I feel inside that this is this is the place to be, and I just want to continue. Having this experience over and over. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, the two last questions that you already know, like yeah. to close this episode. First one, any re specific general, whatever you want, recommendation in to people who wants to live into the countries that you lived or people who wants to take the decision to finally live abroad? Um First of all, like if they have made a decision and they're considering to go somewhere uh, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. study, work, um, I think the best thing will be um, not to question it too much and just to do whatever you think you need to mm -hmm. do to go there uh, and like make a decision or have an analysis while you're there. Because the prejudge part uh, may stop you for many things that you you think that is not real when you actually go there. Mm -hmm. um, I think just go for it. You just do it. I mean, the opportunity is there. Just do it to see and and then analyze how you feel about it. I mean, for this, of course, it's really good to like approach the expat groups who live there, uh, people, friends uh, that can give you recommendations. Mm. But I think the the power is in you. You just do it and go and like just be open to meet people. And the more people you meet, the more like um, familiar you get to the place. Um Language is a good part, like try to learn the language. If you don't learn the language, um, try to know the culture and everything that 
you need to find a connection. Like if you don't find a psychological connection to a per, to a place, uh, it's not gonna work. So that's that emotional connection is uh, is, uh, is very important okay. for a long part. Uh, but if you have a plan, like just as a temporarily plan, um, just to do your career plans or something else, um, you may see the country as a temp- temporary place. Um, but then, again, you will not build a connection. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I eventually, like, I understand the people who goes to a place uh, with the idea this is my Erasmus or this is one exactly. year, year of being here. Um, anyway, I think it's worth it to make a little bit of an effort to learn what is going on there. Yeah. Because one year it's time enough to learn a lot of stuff in places. Um, second and last question of the episode today. Yeah. Any personal projects friends, family projects that are going on right now that you want to use the platform to promote? Um, yes, and it will be more about guiding again. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, to the listeners, I would recommend them to follow me on Instagram. That would, they, they, they will do that, that's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, yes, so the guiding and the promoting of like the branding of... Uh, Turkish um, Go Turkey, what we call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really working for that, and I'm trying to promote like the remote areas that are not so much seen. Um, and that's not the only thing that I do. I mean, there is a project that I will um, also work with the local Greek uh, agencies to promote. Uh, like the landscape of of Greece and like doing it uh, also like internationally. Mm-hmm. So taking tourists from Greece to like different hiking areas or like mm-hmm. uh, natural beauties, uh, I'm working on it. Um, uh, and plus, if this will happen, there is also a project to be uh, a part, like uh, invest in a company in Switzerland that is uh, will give me like shares of the company so i will be like doing that there as well so probably in uh, like five years you will see me like between the three countries and doing like lots of different stuff and being like uh, uh, a a real freelancer like to to build in the end like my own brand and just separate everything and just do what I wanted to do but in order to get there I have to like go through the the kitchen of it let's mm. say yeah the building process yeah, yeah. um yeah you hear that like follow around instagram of course the hashtags and the the um accounts will be available in all the social media as always uh, on YouTube, on um, in all the episodes in Spotify, Apple Podcast, and um, Google Podcast. Even mm-hmm. um, I always recommend everyone uh, the beauty of this podcast. This second season, it's the video. Um, yeah. It is here. We have cameras here who are pointing everywhere. Yeah. Uh, just come and check. Um, the reactions are 
the best part of the, our uh, human interviews face to face. Go and check or uh, sp- Instagram, especially. You are really active uh, yes. uh, member in there. On top of that, there is uh, kind of the movement already on the on the guiding tours on Turkey. Yeah, the rest of the projects will come. So follow him, and it will happen eventually. If you are right now a person who is considering to go to Turkey. And not only visiting the typical places and whatever. Hey, you have a guy now, so go for it. Mm. Um, or well, it has been a big pleasure to have yeah. you here. Uh, thank thank you, you so much, much. Mark. It's, thank you. It was really, really nice to have a, this podcast with you. Yeah, uh, I I feel like it was really friendly atmosphere, and uh, we talk about different things. Uh, I hope the listeners uh, enjoyed uh, uh, my uh, little adventures until this time. <laughs> little, it's calling it really relative little. Uh, thank you again. And yeah, we live in the same city. We so into each other. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course.